Oh man, it's almost time to break out the Christmas wrap. Ooh. Oh god, Christmas wrap is amazing. Yo ho ho, I'm Order. good to go. Rapping on the mic because God said so. <laughs> Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perinova Leadership Podcast, where we, Cole, I don't even know what this one is because you didn't let me see the question. So what's the subject of this 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 episode? This might be our Christmas episode, who knows? But today, we're I want to talk to you about uh, how to be a good leader when you're not the leader. Christmas episode. This was, might be our Christmas about, episode. I was talking about Christmas rap earlier. You don't know anything about Christmas rap, do I you? don't, man. DC Talk did a Christmas rap album, and it change, it'll change your life. Really? It's called Yo Ho Ho. I don't think you can say yo ho ho because I mean I think I got a cousin that probably offends if you say the word ho so probably don't need to do that. Anyway, sorry. I, I love digress. It. Anyway, well, so I I don't know where we're going. Cole. Yeah, let you, me let me. I'm gonna start with by telling a story. Okay, is that okay? Perfect. When I was when I, when I was 18 years old, I took my first paid job in ministry. I was an an intern at a church for a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And I was in college at the time studying youth ministry and adolescent psychology. I like tagging that on the end too because it makes me sound smarter. Yeah, because if you'd have just said youth ministry, I, yeah, people people just kind of adolescent yeah, psychology makes me sound like that's, a scientist or something. Yeah. But anyway, I was an interning for for this guy at a church at a youth group, and as I as I was going through my years of ministry, I remember coming across points of I guess tension where. You know, in leadership, there's there's always a decision to be made, a direction to to go, a problem to ha- be solved, like things like this. And I always remember, you know, I'm like 19, 20 years old, and I remember we would make this decision, and and I remember thinking, well, wow, if if I was the leader, I would have done that differently, mm-hmm. or if or if I was speaking, I would have said it like this, or wow, I don't really agree with the direction we're going, or I think we should focus on these things. You know, I kind of like disagreed almost with the leader. I was a leader in the ministry, but I wasn't the leader. And I kind of guess today I want to talk to you about some things, some points of tension like that, that I've experienced in ministry over the years where I have been a leader, Mm -hmm. but not the leader. Right. You know what I'm talking about? I I absolutely. And you've, you've been both in your life, correct? Yes, I have. Which do you like more? Oh, being the leader, of course. I mean, it's... (laughs) It's, I mean, it's, it has its blessings and its burdens. I was going to say, there have been points in time where I've looked at you and I said, I'm glad you're in that role. Yes. <laughs> There's been times where I've looked at you and said, I wish you were in this role. So that's, that works out. So here's my first, I've got three questions for you. Okay. Here's my first one. This is a situation that I have very, very regularly found myself in, in okay. ministry in the last 10 years. I've had people that will come up to me and they'll ask me, what's your real job? <laughs> and these people they don't they don't mean harm by this they don't they have great hearts right but in this in these moments I'm you know I respond like this is my job and they're like no 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 what do you do throughout the week no th- this is literally my job mm-hmm. well what do you do for money this is literally my job right right and in those moments I feel 
honestly, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I feel very disrespected. Mm-hmm. How I get, and so my question is this, how as if you're a person that's a leader at a church, organization, whatever, and you're not the leader, how do you build respect? <laughs> the, the answer is one that's going to frustrate a lot of people, and like half the audience is going to nod their head, and half the audience is going to shake their head. Time. Time. It's the only thing that will establish leadership. Now, let me say this. I'm not saying if you're in your 20s that you got to wait till your 40s or 50s. But like if you're 21, you stay at that same church for two years. When you're 23, you'll have way more respect than you did when you were 21. And it's not because you changed or became better. Hopefully you did change and become better. But but it's because people can't respect somebody they don't know. Hmm. And so to walk into a room as a brand new leader and expect respect is is um it's just not gonna happen. It's just yeah. unrealistic. But over time and, and then back to the original thing you said where people go, What do you do during the week? That's typically not an insult. That's just a lack of how churches operate and function and the things that have to happen Monday through Saturday in order that Sunday can take place, or in your case, Wednesday can take place. Yeah, and um, I'm not, I don't think that they're on purpose dis, like being disrespectful. They literally don't know. They just don't know. But I'm just asking in those moments, I, when you feel disrespected, what are ways that you can build that? So here, let me ask you. A, well, let a me fo- pause real quick. Okay. In those moments, the thing that I have found is so too many leaders, if they feel disrespected, they double down and try to prove themselves. But if you will pause in those moments that you feel disrespected and ask more questions rather than just making blanket statements, the respect level goes up much faster and much higher because people feel like you actually care about them hmm. and are listening to them. Now, let me pause. When you ask questions, ask sincere questions. Don't that don't use that as a manipulation tactic, but like pause in the moment, ask a lot of questions, th- find out what they know rather than feeling like you got to prove to them what you know. Hmm. People that leaders that try to prove themselves often will shipwreck themselves and, and sometimes with the best intentions, but mm. the, our goal is not to to prove ourselves, but to love people and lead them well. So, what do you do? You feel like, let's say you're as the leader, you you're disrespected by I don't know somebody in your church, uh, on your staff. That's like, never happened to me on purpose. Yes. Do you feel like there's ever a moment where you you do the opposite and like I don't even know how I'd say this, <laughs> lovingly make a, make an example out of them or something? So. My thing, and and once again, I don't know if this is correct or not, but I always try to take it as private as possible. So if I find out that there's a disagreement between me and somebody, I try to have a face-to-face conversation. Mm -hmm. However, let's say that we're in a meeting and it's a smaller meeting. Let's say it's 20 or 30 people. And and this happened to me one time, so I can use this as an example. And somebody, you know, and you have a, a time of questions and answer. At the end of the meeting, somebody stands up and they ask, they have a question, right? Uh, 
my attitude as a leader, now, once again, I don't know if this is right or wrong. This is just a mentality I've had for a long time. Mm -hmm. Is the way that you ask the question is going to, the way I answer the question is going to be in direct proportion to the way you asked it. Hmm. So if you come after me in a hostile way in front of a group of people, I'm, I'm not going to be angry, but I'm going to come back at, in fact, Cole, I can remember a specific instance where I was in a meeting, somebody stood up, they asked a very hostile question and I paused and this was a God thing. Cause I had never done this and I didn't have this planned out. And I was like, you know what? Um, I can tell you you're a little bothered about this subject. The way you asked that question was a bit hostile mm. and I'll, I would love to answer you, but you got to understand I'm going to answer you in the same way that you asked that question. So what I want to do is I want to pause and I want to give you the opportunity to ask that question again mm. in a calmer way. And that way I feel like the discussion is going to be better. But if you double down on, the, on this hostile thing, then I'm not being mean. I'm just going to answer you the way you asked the question. Yeah. And the person did. They So the intent behind Yes. Quote unquote disrespect matters. A hundred percent. Yeah. Every single time. I don't feel like I don't feel like most of the time people intend to disrespect. I really do think it's a And you know when they do. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. That's good. I, I have an, I have another question. Okay. But it, it also requires me to tell a little bit of a story. No no idea um, what this is going. <laughs> I uh I worked at a church before. Okay. And I was the 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 leader of the student ministry at this church. Okay. And at this church, basically on our campus, mm-hmm. we had two main big buildings. Okay. And and now I'm going to say this. This is not how I thought, but looking back, this is kind of how it it looks. Um, you had in the the one building, my my boss, my senior pastor, and I guess his staff members. Right. And then in this building, we had it was our like our student ministry building. Big building is awesome. And we had me and, you know, again, this is not how I thought, but my quote unquote staff. Got it. And what happened was over time, and it wasn't bad, but it was one of those like, you know how like something minimally toxic can grow over time? Yeah. Over a long period of time. Yeah. It was one of those things where like we started to have our own culture and they had their culture. Right. And so like in their building, they had like a dress code. We didn't have a dress code. And it was just some of these minor little things. And I guess my question to you is how if, if as somebody who's not you are a leader, you're not the leader. What are things that you can do? What are things that you can value? What are practices you can have in your own personal life to, I guess, stay on brand with with the person that is your leader. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think my initial, so I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the senior pastor's shoes where there's two building or two buildings to, I think that's a, um, that's a thing where when you're not the leader, but you are a leader, it's a sit down conversation. If this is possible with your senior leader, to try to understand his or her heart behind what is being done, what decisions, not just the what, but the why. 
because when a leader can sit down and explain the why, now in some cases this might not be possible. Like if you work at a church or organization with 500 people, you might not be able to sit down with a pastor or whatever. But yeah. in, in, I'm just saying in most instances, this is completely possible where you can sit down and, and ask the leader, Hey, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to prove myself. I'm not trying to, I just have some questions. And the reason I'm asking these questions is because I want to better understand the vision that you have so I can help implement it in the way that you see it being implemented. And it's like, Hey, walk me through like dress code. Why do you think we need a dress code? Mm -hmm. I think that's a very fair question. Yeah. I think it's an incredibly fair question. I think a leader should be able to, and when a, by the way, when a leader says, because I said so, that's them powering up. That's them being unhealthy. That's them literally telling you, I don't have a reason, but I'm telling you that because I said so is something that you say in the moment when you don't have an answer. Hmm. It's different for parenting. Yeah. Because I said so. You say that as a parent as much as you want. Yeah. Because it was said to us. So let's say like at this church, let's say someday we hire somebody. You're an, you're an Enneagram 8. Okay. We just talked about that. Yep. Let's say we hire another eight. Okay. Super driven, super passionate, mm-hmm. super talented mm-hmm. individual. But, and this hap- and the reason I ask this is because I know for a fact this happens all the time. Right. This person has the way they see it, and you have the way that they want to do it this way, you want to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And it might not be some huge thing, but again, kind of like what I was talking about, over time, those small things grow. Mm-hmm. How do you... What do you, how do you deal with that? How do you keep us in line with your vision? You go rent some of those sumo suits and you just <laughs> fight it out, man. Sprint at each way. other. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll go back to, I was on a church staff for about six years. Um, and the, the guy that was my pastor, his name is Bill Rigsby. Um, he, he probably got so many, he's going to have so many crowns in heaven just because of all the pain that I brought to that. I mean, I was like, the fact that he didn't fire me is one of the greatest miracles ever. I love that man till this day. I love your church sign story. He's yes. So I was going to talk about that. So, so one of the things I've learned, I learned at that church is you will never have authority until you learn to submit to authority. Oh, that's what I was looking for from you. Like, why would God give you authority if you don't know what it's like to be under authority? I heard somebody say it this way, and I'm trying to remember it. You, so you, you, you got to get under what God has put over you so you can get over what God has put under you. Mm. And so at the end of the day, when it comes to authority, I remember... um. So we used to have this this church sign that we had out in front of our church. It was this marquee sign. It's the one. And for those wondering, it, it wasn't one of the lighted up signs that you could do with a computer. You had to take a little, hang, like a you had to the put letters. the letters up manually. <laughs> and that and and my pastor, I loved him, but he like the, these are the signs that say our Sundays are better than Baskin Robbins. <laughs> our church is prayer conditioned, and you're like. <laughs> nobody's going to heaven, but like there's people that are literally never coming to church. And so I remember he walked in. Even back then you thought it was like, this is is dumb. So he read life's little instruction book. It was this big, huge deal in the nineties. And he wrote down all these things that he wanted me to put on the church sign. Number one, I thought they were stupid. (laughs) 
And number two, I didn't want to do. I told him, I said, you were the person tasked with with changing the the words, right? Yeah. So so yeah. And so I didn't like it. I didn't love it. And so I remember I went to the Constitution and Bylaws uh, of the church, which in a Baptist church, Constitution and Bylaws that's that's right up there with the Bible. <laughs> I found in the Constitution and Bylaws where the publicity committee was actually in charge of changing the church sign. So I printed it out. I highlighted it, and I put it on his desk. My eyes are wide. So he should have fired me. He should have absolutely fired me. I came into work the next day. This is not made up. (laughs) On my desk was my job description, and the last line in the job description was, other duties as assigned by senior pastor. (laughs) It was circled with a note, change the sign. (laughs) Yes, sir. Did you, did you I, change it? I did. Absolutely. I was like, you know what? He's right. I was like, I thought I had proved a point, man. I was like, I found this, the constitution bylaws. And he was so cool about it. He was, it was just like, okay. And, but that's where I had to learn. You know what? He's the head coach. It's his call. You know, I think we should go for a touchdown. He chooses to kick a field goal. We're going to kick a field goal. And I'm going to celebrate that field goal. Yep. Dude, I absolutely love, nobody ever talks, I've never heard anybody talk about this story. Jesus, he tells this parable about, he, he says, like, if you go to dinner party, don't sit at the head chair, because somebody more established than you might come along, mm-hmm. and if they do, well, then you get knocked to the end of the table. 100%. And I think the, I think that whole story is about submission and honor, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, it, when you know how to fall in line, you actually get a better seat at the table. Now, I'll say this. Always go along with the leader's decision and until A, you have a personal conviction that you can't go along with it, and then you gotta you you don't don't start a fight. Like just, a moral like a moral thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a personal conviction or, or a bit like if the if the senior leader wants to go set the church on down the street on fire. Don't do yeah. that. Don't do that. Okay, Maybe. this leads this leads me into to my last question for you. What if I, I'm a leader? Mm-hmm. You're the leader. Mm-hmm. Just let's say practically, let's say a decision's been made or mm-hmm. you say something and I don't agree with you. Are you trying to get us something right now? Are you coming at me <laughs> I'm sideways? I'm trying to tell you something. I, I mean, just say it. Just, I mean, <laughs> this is all, a subliminal this is podcast. Let's just do it. I mean. No, you, I'm not. But, okay. I'm just, but how do you, because here's the thing. Humans disagree with each other. Yes. In general. No, we don't. I'll, I'll, I will fall. I like I will follow you off the edge of a cliff at this point, dude. Right. But at some point in in our lives, we'll probably disagree with each mm-hmm. other, and I'll be right. How do you handle? <laughs> Shannon was shaking her head. Yeah, <laughs> Shannon's my wife. She's shaking her head. Yes. How do how do how do people how do people go wife. about that? Do what? How do people go about that? She's gonna beat me up. I'm sorry. I completely lost her. What? How do how do people go about like a leader has a disagreement with the leader? I don't know. What do you, how would you, as somebody that's a leader, so you kind of just talked about this, but I, I still want to ask the question. For me personally, I would, so after the church sign incident, um, I, I did go to Bill and I sat down and I, I said, listen, man, we, wh- why do you want me to do this? Why do you want me to do this? And hmm. I forgot why he said, I, I wish there was some like really great Bible verse answer, <laughs> but like, once he explained it to me, I got it. I understood it. Mm. I remember we made a decision one time uh, that 
this was when I call them worship wars were, were going on in the church where there was a contemporary service and a traditional service and the contemporary service was outgrowing the traditional service. And I forgot the decision that needed to be made. But in the moment when it was made, I didn't agree with it and call In fact, I didn't agree with it to the point where I got mad about it. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I could have doubled down and caused a scene. But I remember after, cause it was a business meeting. And so after the business meeting, I asked Bill, my pastor, I said, could I have a, could I have a couple minutes of time? I need to understand something. And he was like, absolutely. You want to do it right now? And I wasn't ready for that because I wanted to prepare. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, let's go right now. So we went to his office and I sat down and I said, I don't understand why you made this decision. And I started talking. He stopped and he looked at me. He said, Perry, I'm trying to prevent a church split right now. And that thought, Cole, had never occurred to me. Hmm. And it helped me to understand that as a leader, I saw things at a five to 10,000 foot view, but as the leader, he saw things as at a 30,000 foot view. Mm. So he saw a bigger picture than I saw. So when I was fighting for what I thought was right, I mean, it was right with my very limited ability to see the big picture. I was looking at 20 to 30% of the big picture. He could see the whole thing. Wow. And so in that moment, I learned, okay, I don't agree with this decision, but I, number one, he's godly. He loves Jesus. Number two, I trust him. Number three, he sees and understands on a level that I don't see and understand yet. And so because of that, I'm going to submit to his leadership. Hmm. And because I mean, he, he's he got a pretty good track record. He hadn't shipwrecked the church ever. Yeah. In fact, if he listened to me, we'd have probably been shipwrecked. Um, <laughs> you just cannibals would have came along and eaten us. I mean, it would have been horrible. So, <laughs> yeah, it, w- it would have been bad. So it's on like it's 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 in humility on uh, uh, for a person to have a conversation, and it's in the leader being able to explain the why. Yeah, and that takes that takes a pretty special relationship because. There are some leaders out there, I don't have to explain myself. Well, eventually you will. Eventually you will absolutely have to explain yourself. Mm. And it's better to do it in a controlled environment with a sincere person who wants a sincere answer and who's asking for clarification. And I think we've talked about this on this podcast before. Two types of questions, clarification and condemnation. Yep. Questions of clarification should always be answered and honored. Questions of condemnation should always be ignored or shut down. Mm. That's good, man. So is there something you don't understand? Something you want to know? This isn't, again, this is not a subliminal message. Just say it, man. Just say it. I'm just saying. If it was, I would, I'll just come talk to you about it. And then you can clarify the why. I would be glad to clarify. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, why are you wearing Crocs right now? Um, this is, these are my podcasting shoes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Cole, we're going to start a dress code. We are going to be anti-Crocs. And you know what? I'm going to honor it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it so much. (laughs) Hey, I hope you have enjoyed this. This Christmas episode. I mean. Or almost Christmas. I don't know when we're putting it up. I I don't know how many episodes we got. But next year, 2023. We're going to get a sponsor. We're going to set you free. Yeah, we're going to have a sponsor. That's our goal. Have a sponsor in 2023. Y'all pray for us. We love you guys. Have a great, great, great rest of the year. Peace.
Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.